Thank you again for listening to our podcast today. Thank you so much for your support. We worship on Sunday at 10 a.m. here at St. John's Lutheran Church in the heart of downtown Martinsburg, West Virginia. Know that you're always welcome to our table and to our worship. God bless. And we hope you enjoy today's message. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. At that very time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. He said to them, Do you think that that because these Galileans suffered in this way, that they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Of those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you. But unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Then he told them this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, see here. For three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree. And I still found none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replies, sir... Let it alone for one more year until I dig it up, dig around it, and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good, but if not, you can cut it down. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Maybe seen by your children up. Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way that they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? Well, those 18 who were killed in the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem? Do you think those who suffer with cancer, or depression, or any other host of diseases, is suffering because they did something to anger God? Do you think that those who lost their lives during a massive genocide did so because they are less worthy of God's love? If Jesus didn't answer these questions, others surely would have, or at least hinted at the idea somewhere along the way in the conversation. We are well aware of those who view tragedies as deserved, those who link calamities with hidden sins that need avenging. After all, those louder-than-life self-professed preachers say this often enough and likely have convinced more people of this connection than we would like to admit, maybe sometimes even more convincing than ourselves. Jesus knows this about humanity because he has heard it his entire life, just like we have heard these same things our entire lives. While we know it is not true, we also know that there is a place deep down inside all of us, that space where secrets reside, that wonders, that questions, what did I do? Could I have done something differently? Why is this happening to me? What justifies this suffering? What did I do wrong? The issue of theodicy will never go away, but the hard thing is, we just never know when we'll have to face it yet again. It comes to the surface when we least expect, and certainly never when we are ready, as if we ever could be ready for this. So Jesus answers these questions with an emphatic no. God is not punishing us. Why would God ever punish us and yet still send us Jesus? The words after Jesus' emphatic no, though, get a lot of pastors in trouble. Unless you repent, you will perish as they did. 
A primary concern of Jesus is that his followers repent. But before we get into this idea of repentance, we first, I think, need to understand how Jesus got to this, to this point in the gospel. In the chapter before, chapter 13, chapter 12, Jesus is again teaching. He first warns at the beginning of chapter 12 against hypocrisy. He then exhorts his followers to be fearless in their confession of faith. He tells the parable of the rich fool, a parable about a man who thinks of himself and his barns more than anyone else. He tells his followers not to worry. He tells another parable about watchful slaves, how his words will divide families. And he finishes out the chapter by talking about the end of time and how we should be ready for it by settling our disputes before the end comes. The progression of chapter 12 has been moving towards the end of time, the apocalypse, the eschaton, and how we are to live in this time of waiting on the Lord. Luke believes that God has delayed the second coming. One of Luke's purposes in writing is to help the congregation, his congregation, maintain faith, life, and witness during this delay. Delay gives people the opportunity to repent. And some Christians think of repentance as feeling sorry for one's personal sin, but remember what John the Baptist said, bear fruit worthy of repentance. While part of repentance might involve feeling sorry for one's sins, the Bible view of repentance is much larger and often contains a corporate element to it. Indeed, repentance refers to individuals and communities turning away from things that violate God's purposes, such as idolatry, injustice, and exploitation, and turning, turning towards faithful living centered in worship of the Most High God and in the practice of justice, mutual commitment, and other values of living in covenant. The two questions posed to Jesus, did these people suffer more because they are Galilean or because of or whatever the case may be? Jesus gives a straight and forward answer to us. No, they were not killed because of their sin. They were brutally murdered by the Romans. But Jesus uses the deaths of the Galileans to make a point. To expand slightly, unless you repent, you will all perish as they did when the apocalypse occurs. In Luke Acts, to repent is to turn away from the assumptions, attitudes, and actions of the old age and live towards the values and practices of the realm of God as taught by Jesus and embodied in the life of the church of Acts. Jesus stresses the importance of repentance as a decisive step in the journey to this realm. The action is necessary, is a necessary prelude to the life that is to come. Without repentance and faithful witness, Jesus' punishment awaits. So how do we get ready? How do we repent? Well, according to the parable, it's already too late. The man who owns the vineyard tells the gardener to rip out the fig tree because it's taking up valuable space. It's already too late. But the gardener asked the owner for more time, for one more year. He asked that he be allowed to throw some manure onto the tree and see what happens. The kingdom of God is like a landowner who wishes to tear out trees that do not produce fruit. The kingdom of God, though, has a gardener who is on the side of the trees and wants more time with the tree. The kingdom of God is full of second chances. The kingdom of God is full of good soil and lazy trees. 
kingdom of God has manure and fertilizer, the very thing that which can save the tree, though. How many of us see our very situation in this parable? The time has come for us to bear fruit worthy of repentance. God could have already ended this present age. However, God is giving us a little more time. While the second coming is delayed, the apocalypse and the moment of judgment, though, is still, excuse me, is still ahead. Are we going to be ready? What do we need to get ready? What do you feel the need to repent from this day? What has happened in your individual life, your household, or our congregation, or maybe even the wider world that you are ready to turn away from? This is what Lent is all about, my brothers and sisters. Lent is about finding those things in your life that you don't need and say enough is enough. We all have these things in our lives that keep us from being fully a part of this new realm that God is laying out in front of us. This is why we do Lent every year. Because every year something new creeps into our lives, into your life, that tries to separate you from God. Every year we get a second chance at bearing fruit. Repentance is necessary for our silence. Instead of calling a thing what it is and then actually doing something about it. Where have we been silent? What have we thrown a sheet over in the vain hope that it would not bother us anymore? In the words of John the Baptist, bear fruit worthy of repentance. Christ is coming. We do not know when, but he will return. How will he find his house? Are we ready for his return? In the end, all of us, we need to repent for the ways in which we constantly take advantage of God's patience and God's grace. And turn back to the God. Turn back to the one who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love.